Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Rabina podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planning and leading thriving local churches. You've joined us for our Advent series. Advent is not merely a time where we celebrate Christmas and the birth of Christ, but rather a moment where we eagerly anticipate the return of our King. This series aims to use the Old Testament prophecies to remind us of the good news of not only Jesus' birth, but His reign and the moment He'll come again. To find out more about our Christmas services, head to church.nu forward slash Christmas. But for now, enjoy the message. Wonderful. Good morning to you all. My name is Ori. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, uh, I get to be one of the pastors here at New Life Church. And a huge uh, welcome to our online community. Uh, They let me out of the studio again. It's wonderful to be able to step out and it's so great to have you joining us online. Jess is hosting you. You can drop a comment in the chat, let her know where you're joining us from and maybe you'd like to start to talk about what peace means to you because that's where we're going to start in a moment. So thank you for joining us online. Who's excited for Christmas? Give me a cheer. Awesome. My eight-year-old's really excited for Christmas. So excited that she's been asking Siri on her HomePod every morning, how many days till Christmas? And then she comes out and tells me. So it's definitely that time of year where we love uh, to engage with the season of Christmas, the season of Advent, uh, and explore the promises that God has in Christmas. And we've been talking about the promise of love last week with Brad, and we'll have hope and joy in the following two weeks. But today, I'll be talking about the promise of peace. So I'm going to take a moment to pray for our time together uh, with this message and in this word, and then we'll get stuck straight in. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, it is so wonderful that we get to celebrate Christmas. And there's many things that we can think Christmas is, but ultimately Christmas is the celebration of the birth of your son, Jesus, the promise that you give us for hope, for joy, for peace, and for love. And so, Lord, as we open your word today, we pray that you would turn our attention to you, that you would stir our affections for you, that our hearts would be changed, that our minds uh, would receive and our ears would hear the words you have for us. Empty me of anything that's not of you, Lord. Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, may it be you that works in and through me, that we might all receive what it is you have to say, and that we all might be able to revel in the promise of peace in this Christmas season. And all God's people, all who agree, said, Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, what does the word peace mean to you? What comes to mind when I say that word, peace? And so I thought to kick us off today, what we might do is look at a couple of mildly amusing slides that will help stir our thinking about this idea of peace. And this is where it gets really fun because I'm about to use a clicker and these things don't work properly all the time. So this could go anywhere. Let's see, ready? Hey, fantastic. All right, first one. The path to peace begins with three little words. Not my problem. Have you ever said that to yourself before? You don't have to put your hand up. And it might, that, that moment of release, that peace that you sense when you say it's not your problem, it doesn't matter that it just became everyone else's problem, but you're enjoying that moment of not feeling uh, stressed out or worried or whatever that problem was bringing you. But maybe that one didn't land with you, it didn't quite connect, maybe that's not you, so let's try something like this. Come on in a peace, I don't have all day. 
What a comment on the culture that we live in in this day and age. The tyranny of busyness and stress and worry and whose patience has ever worn that thin that they don't have time and that we would rush peace. This is the world we live in today, so much so that people like John Mark Comer have to write books called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry because we're in such a hurry that we would like to hurry up the peace that we so seek to find. If that didn't land with you, how about this one from comedic author Dave Barry. He says, My therapist told me that the way to achieve true inner peace is to finish what I start. So far, I've finished two bags of M&Ms and a chocolate cake, and I feel better already. I'm going to put my hand up here, and I'm going to admit that this is me. Whenever there's an anxious moment, or there's worry, or stress, or there's busyness, I'll reach for that delicious morsel of confectionery. It's probably going to be chocolate, and it's going to make me feel so good in the moment. But all I hear in my head is the voice of my mum who says, a moment on the hips, a a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. If you've ever heard that one before. And it's true, you pay now or you pay later. But shamefully, I've had moments where I've cleaned my car and reached into the back pocket of the back seat and pulled out all the wrappers that remind me that I never actually found the piece I was looking for (laughs) when I reached for that chocolate. And so there's a bit of fun to help stoke our thinking about some of the things that we might reach for as we seek a promise of peace. But it's not just you or me, it's actually the entire world. And I could tell you right now that we are all searching for things that promise us peace. And I could just assert that and leave it there, but let's put some data behind it. And up on the screen here, you will see from Michelle Riel and Raphael Lee... Uh, a visual illustrator and a data scientist out of America, they got to do a fun project using what's called Google Trends. Google Trends is the tool that tells you what everyone's searching for, what search topics they are, all that sort of fun stuff. And what they actually found, just out of a week's worth of data in a week of May in 2021, was this really interesting observation that it didn't matter where you were in the world, across the globe, whether it was Belgium, United States, Romania, Belgium, again, Germany, Nigeria, people are waking up every morning, those spikes in the graphs are all when we wake up, because we wake up and before we wash our face, before we brush our teeth, before we have breakfast, before we do anything else, we tend to grab our phones and we are searching for peace, whether that's through horoscopes or the lottery, like if we have all the money in the world, we're going to find peace because we don't have to worry about anything, who knows that's not true, or meditating on something or even prayer. These things are the things that are top of mind when we wake up every single day and Google would reflect that to us. What's interesting about all of this, as I'm sure that you'd you'd be agreeing with me in this moment, is that none of what I've mentioned actually gives us lasting peace. When we search for promises of peace and we look in all these spaces, we know that it flames out. We know that it runs out. And we need to look somewhere else to find a promise of peace that will endure, that is everlasting, that is eternal, that will sustain us through any of these moments in life. And so the thing that we're centering this message around today, the idea that we need to bet in our heads is that the promise of peace is only as good as the one who makes the promise. 
Brands every day will tell you, buy this, subscribe to that, get this 50% off sale because it's going to make you feel so good about yourself. You're going to rest in some peace. But who knows that that doesn't last. We need a different promise of peace. We need one that stands apart from what we're used to encountering in our everyday world. And so we know at Christmas time, we get the opportunity to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. That is the reason for the season. It is why we have joy. It is why we're excited. It's why my daughter asks Siri how many days are left because something's going to happen and it's going to be good and I might even get a present. But we need to rewind about 700 years before that event to find a promise of peace that a prophet by the name of Isaiah gave the people of God at the time. A promise of peace that stands apart from, that looks different to what we're used to. We're not settling for all of this temporary stuff. We're looking at the depth of peace that God might provide. So if you've got a Bible with you today, whether that's on your phone or whether you're a traditionalist like me and you like to use a paper Bible at times, you might like to open it up to Isaiah chapter 9. That's Isaiah chapter 9. Someone tell me they're there. Are we there? Brilliant. Okay. So in the opening verses of this chapter, you'll notice that uh, Isaiah starts talking about people coming out of darkness and into a wonderful light and coming out of judgment and pointing towards hope. And it comes up into this crescendo uh, in verse uh, 6 that says this. It starts to speak of this promise that we're excited about, that we're talking about, this promise of peace. It says from verse 6, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then it goes on to say, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign of David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that Time and on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Doesn't that sound amazing? Doesn't that sound different to the promises of peace we were talking about a few moments ago? Something that's going to last forever. Something that's going to bring righteousness and justice. That's going to set things right and that the pain, sickness and suffering... All the things that rob us of peace will be gone. And that God's going to do it. God's going to uphold it. And the gift that he sends, the promise of peace, is the Prince of Peace. Now typically I would then give a little bit of context to this. Why this verse sits here and uh, what's happening in the world around these verses at this time. Uh, So what I'm going to do is actually zoom out a little bit to God's master plan and then partway through these next few slides, you'll see uh, where this part of the story fits into that. So the thing about where these verses sit is that we need to understand what peace is. We need to understand who this Prince of Peace is. And so in our Old Testament times, uh, 
the Hebrew word for peace, where it says Prince of Peace, is the word shalom. Has anyone heard the word shalom before? Wonderful. So good. It means that something is complete, or something is whole. Uh, perhaps you can imagine a stone. If it was sitting in my hand, if I was more organised, maybe I'd even have a prop today. A stone that's smooth and round and it has no cracks or no blemishes. It's perfect. It's whole. It's complete. Or maybe a, a, a building or a wall that's, that's been built and set up and it's got no uh, cracks in it and all the gaps are done perfectly. That's kind of the idea of shalom. Job would talk about his tents being full of shalom when no uh, animals or any of his livestock was missing from them. And also shalom would mean uh, or point to our own internal well-being and the peace that we would be experiencing. And David, David would be an example of this where he entered the battlefield and he would talk of uh, asking his men in the battlefield, how's your shalom, how's your peace? And where it really comes alive is when we use it as a verb. It literally means to make complete or to restore. Kind of like when Solomon completed the temple, he brought shalom to the temple. And that reminds me of uh, uh, my family and I have just been through months of renovations. Anyone else renovated? A few hands. Anyone know that sense of fulfilment, of release, of freedom? When you're all done and there's no more problems that you have to solve, there's no more tradespeople that you have to call, you can just sit and relax and enjoy the space that you're now sitting in. That is a glimpse of shalom. Also in ancient times it would mean if, if one of your animals damaged a neighbouring field, you would go and you would tend to that field and you would uh, reseed the grass and you would cultivate it back to the condition that it was in before. Um, we seem to have lost that understanding a little bit because when we were renovating, uh, we'd laid some fresh turf and someone dropping off some plasterboard just reversed their truck over the fresh turf, put these massive tyre marks. Surely there's at least one or two people here or maybe there's someone online and you love your turf that much and you just died on the inside a little bit when I said that. So did I because this guy just drove off. So we've kind of lost in some way the picture of Shalom. Tim Mackey highlights it to us like this. And Tim Mackey is one of the guys that runs the Bible Project. And this section of the message leans heavily on that material. So I thoroughly recommend that you would uh, go and explore that material more so uh, after our time together today. But he highlights the core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. When any of these are out of alignment or missing, your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole and it needs to be restored. And so this idea of shalom actually feeds into God's master plan for the world. In the beginning, and I mean the very beginning, let's go all the way back to Genesis. In the, in the beginning, there was God's space and there was human space and they fully overlapped. And we hear all about it in the first two chapters of Genesis. There was wonderful plants and birds. Things were teeming with life. There was vast expanses and God called it good. And God made mankind and called it very good, or humankind, and called it very good. 
But then something happened and death and rebellion broke in and it split these two spaces apart. And so all of a sudden we have things like heaven, the kingdom of God and eternal life, things that sit in God's space over on one side. And then we have things like the present age, the world and the age of sin and death. This is language you will find in your Bible describing human space. And these two things sit apart. Another way of looking at it is that in God's space, there's His presence, there's goodness, there's justice, there's beauty. And in human space, there's sin and injustice and ugliness and rebellion. This is what Isaiah was preaching into. 700 years before the arrival of Christ, Isaiah is standing there telling God's people, we are going to be judged, we are going to be suffering and sitting under the consequence of removing ourselves from the covenant that we have with God, of walking with God and following God in God's ways. And we're going to sit in the consequence of what this sin and this injustice and this ugliness looks like because we've chosen to do that, because the kings and leaders have chosen to do that. The kings and leaders at that time were actually tasked with bringing shalom. It was their job to work with each other and to work for the cultivation and the thriving of the world around them, not just with each other, but also with foreign kings from neighbouring nations. When we reflect on our current political environments, can you even, have, have, can you even imagine that happening? And that was their job, but they weren't very good at it and they hardly did it. And so instead of relying on God and being delivered from whatever it is that might come against them, they would look for a promise of peace in their ability to make alliances with those kings and leaders around them and they'd get gypped and they'd get duped. It's kind of, and this pattern repeats over and over through the Old Testament. Often requiring... A sacrifice. That sacrifice would bring people back into relationship with God. It would bring God's space and human space together again. And ultimately, that the ultimate sacrifice, I should say, was Jesus. It culminated in Jesus giving his life and in his uh, death, burial and resurrection. He reconciled everything back to God that God's space and human space can overlap. And then the purple dots that are propagating around that red zone in the image that you're looking at are God and his disciples and his people putting pockets of peace, bringing pockets of shalom back into human space. That's what it looks like to bring the kingdom of God in the here and now. When you hear Jesus say the kingdom of God is at hand, that's what it looks like. It's a kingdom that is a kingdom of peace, of shalom. It is a kingdom that is the rule and reign of Christ and he rules and reigns with peace and that is why he's called the Prince of Peace and that is why he's promised to us as the Prince of Peace. He is the promise of peace that we would hope for. Eventually one day, all of God's space and all of human space will overlap once again. And if you read the last couple of pages of your Bible, you'll hear of a new heaven and a new earth. You'll hear of the city of God and it will be where all of this is completed in its fullness. There's a here and a now and there's a not yet component to what I'm talking about. And one day it will look like this. Everything will be restored. Everything will be complete. Everything will be made whole. It's the promise of peace in its fullness. 
And so if we fast forward back to the birth of Christ, the birth we celebrate in a Christmas season, we find that this promise of a Prince of Peace is referred to as the birth of Christ is announced. So we know the story. Mary and Joseph head back to Bethlehem and Jesus was born and in a manger and the shepherds hear the good news about Jesus being born. And then all of a sudden a great company of hosts of angels come and they herald this good news. They say, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. It could have said anything there. It could have said victory. It could have said uh, everything that you ever wanted. It could have said all the money in the world. It could have said any characteristic of God. It says peace to those. That Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the promise of peace and he is actually perfect peace. See, Scripture describes that Jesus is fully God and fully human. God space and human space fully overlapped, personified in Jesus. And so we can trust that Jesus is the gift and the promise of peace. And he came offering peace and he would say to his followers, my peace I give to you all. And Jesus, in what he did with his life, being the ultimate sacrifice that died in our place, He made peace between messed up human beings like you and me and God, a holy, just, righteous God, a God who is peace. And so the the Apostle Paul explains to Colossians like this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. He is the whole and complete human that I am made to be, that you are made to be, that we are made to be. But where we have failed, he has not. And now he gives us his life as a gift. Friends, the promise of peace True peace can only be found in Jesus. As we were exploring earlier in the message, nothing else comes even close to giving us anything that would help us to sustain what we face in this life. Nothing will endure or last as long as the internal presence or peace of God in our lives. And J.I. Packer, a theologian, highlights it to us like this. He says, the peace of God is first and foremost peace with God. Our hearts are at war with God. If you're feeling any resistance to what I'm preaching today, it's because your heart sits apart from God and you are, you're in this tussle, this wrestle. You don't want to give up and surrender any last inkling of that to God. But as we're hearing here and as we're hearing in the story, the promise of true peace would be that you lay that down. And that's what Packer is saying here and it continues peace with God. It is the state of affairs in which God, instead of being against us, is for us. No account of God's peace, which does not start here, can do other than mislead. You'll get taken off the track. You'll get taken down a wide path that could lead to all sorts of outcomes. 
But I can tell you that it will not be enduring peace. It starts and it ends with Jesus. Why do we need to know all of this? Why do we need to consider this in this season? Well, it's simply this, so that we might be able to live a life of lasting peace. We might be able to live from lasting peace instead of chasing a peace that does not last. My wife, Beck and I were on holidays just this week. And we were reminded of this um, through this beautiful story. And so you can imagine yourself at the beach like us, because isn't the beach such a great place to be? My wife, Beck, is a family photographer. And she has a thriving photography business. Uh, she loves to take documentary-style photos of families. But something that, about all of this that she does that I'm so proud of is she has something called the Frames of Hope Project. And what that project does is it seeks to uh, offer the opportunity to capture memories for people who are either walking through a difficult time, a challenging time, or have overcome a challenging or difficult time. It's, such a, it's just so beautiful um, that I get to be married to someone that has a heart to do such a thing like that. And our holiday spot is up on the sunny coast, um, and we probably even went to the location where... Uh, the beach location where this photo shoot occurred. But early on in this project, Beck was given the opportunity to meet a family where the wife and the mother um, had just received news of like a really serious cancer diagnosis. And so before all the treatment kicked off and started, Beck had the opportunity to take a set of family photos, capture memories for this family to be able to enjoy uh, their time together and to be able to reflect on uh, and memories that at some point the rest of her family would carry into the future. And what was most striking to Beck as she was taking the photos and she was engaging with this family was that this mother, this wife, had such a strong sense of peace that she um, was just so full of joy and she was so happy to just be there taking in the opportunity, soaking up what was happening, that there was moments you would forget that she had received the news that she had. And as we kept in touch and life went on, you would continue to hear of this beautiful peace that just dwelled in her, that would come out of her as she was getting treatment, as she was holding on to the hope that she professed. She was a, a woman of faith. And sure, she believed God for healing. She wanted to see her body made well again. But over and above that, she was experiencing such joy that people in the hospital, in the beds next to her, would comment on how could you possibly be so happy and so joyful in such a terrible time. And so the point of that is that the peace that she carried, the peace that she had received from God and dwelled in her, the gift it gave her was to be present in the moment with those who she loved most and to be present in the moments to share Jesus that others might be able to experience and receive the promise of peace that she had on display. And I can only think of this C.S. Lewis quote to describe what was occurring in that story. God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself because it is not there. There 
one of my favourite John Mayer tracks, is no such thing. There's no such thing as peace apart from God. You get two quotes this morning because I couldn't decide which one to use, that one or this one. Craig Rochelle puts it like this. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems, so as we've just heard. Peace is found in the presence of God. And so with all of this said, what are we to do in response to this? Well, simply this. I believe God would have us live out the peace that we are to receive, the peace that we have received, by doing one act of peace this week, this Christmas season. One act of shalom. One act of bringing something to completion, to wholeness, to restoring something. And I'm just conscious that at Christmas time, and as Pastor Anna was praying earlier, that it can be a relationally difficult time. And we're talking about finding peace by being in relationship with a relational God. And so perhaps in this season, this one act of peace that you, you and I are going to set out to do this week, to help bring the rule and reign of God, the peace, the shalom that God would have us bring into the world that signifies the presence of his kingdom in our midst, here and now, would be something relational. Would be that person that you have a fractured relationship with. Would be someone that you've walked past and you know you need to talk to them. Would be someone that looks like they're going through a really difficult patch and you just can't confidently say that there's anyone that's walking with them. Maybe that is you. Maybe someone's experience of the shalom, of the peace of God, is on the other side of you picking up the phone, saying hello, or walking with them and sharing the peace of God that perhaps you have received. And so, friends, remember that the promise of peace is only as good as the one who makes the promise. And we know that God is good on his promises. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says that he who has promised is faithful. God is fully integrous. There's no difference between what God says, what God does and who God is. And so we can rest firm in that. We can know that the promise of peace is fulfilled and will be fulfilled in our lives because we have Jesus and we celebrate his birth in this Christmas season. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you would like prayer, you can head to church.nu forward slash prayer or connect with us through our Instagram or Facebook page. For more information about Christmas at New Life, head to church.nu forward slash Christmas. We pray you have a great week and a very Merry Christmas. Be blessed.